Invest, invest in good design because it, it is your signature. It is what's gonna make or break your business. Um, if you have a poorly lit space, if you don't have a functional space, you're gonna see that long-term, that it's not catering to you, it's not catering to your business. Um, so I, I highly recommend it. <laughs> and uh, you'll just see like the domino effect that it creates for your business. Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. All right, guys, today I get the opportunity to interview Ramya. Ramya is a lady who started a company to do designs for commercial spaces, for residential spaces, for a lot of different purposes. And so today we're going to get into talking about how you can design your spaces to be more functional, to be more timeless, and to have more money in your pocket at the end of the day because you're not going to have to do rehabs. There's going to be all these kinds of things that we're going to talk about. So Rami, I really appreciate you coming on the show. And if you'll take us into like maybe what are some of the common mistakes that you see in design that are costing real estate agent investors money? Thank you so much, Matt. I'm really excited to be on the show as well. Um, I think some of the common mistakes that um, I typically see within real estate is picking uh, products and materials that are more timeless. So thinking about value versus what the product really is. Like I know budget is always a concern with any project that um, anyone's working with, um, but really thinking about like long-term durability um, I think really is key for a good project. Yeah. And so when you see people picking products, what would you say is like, do they usually pick products that are going to last a couple years and what would be the optimal amount of time they should strive for products to last? Um, I would probably say like, for example, um, people think about granite versus quartz, um, for kitchen countertops. And I always vouch for quartz because long-term, um, you don't have to think about cleaning it. It's completely maintenance free. The same for something as wood flooring or tile flooring. Um, you know, you're obviously living in that house for a very long time or within that commercial space. So think about like how much traffic you're going to get on there, whether it's light traffic, heavy traffic, um, or even something as like paints, pick, um, a higher grade paint versus because the, there is going to be a lot of, um, uh, traffic that you're going to get within the space. So I always say, you know, think about it, you know, 10, 15 years from now and pick those kinds of materials. Yeah, um, look at a couple of your your store options. Uh, do your little bit of shopping and see what's out there. But really think of it as like a cost versus durability um, standpoint as well. Where should people be shopping to buy their products for these, you know, commercial and residential spaces? Um, well, Wayfair is always a favorite of mine, of course, when it comes down to furniture. Um, but also when you're specifically looking at materials, um, you know, builder grades, uh, materials are always great. Um, do your research locally in town, see what offers they're giving you for buying bulk, uh, materials. Um, yeah, just kind of, I'd say start with local companies, 
um, you know, because they're a small scale business as well. And they would love <laughs> your relationship, love um, the profit and the success that they're maintaining. And the more you give business to them, the more incentives and deals they can get back to you. And I'm a true believer in supporting local as well. So start local, um, look at your, I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with looking at the big box stores as well, like your Home Depot and your Lowe's. Um, but also, like I said, you know, always try to look at local and support local too. Yeah. How does somebody know if a product or a design is timeless or not? Um, good question. Um, you know, trends come and go all the time, but I always, um, say and believe that, um, you need to stick to your individuality and focus on that. So, um, whatever you do is your perspective, your viewpoint coming into design. So if I can make that happen, if it's unique, if it's, if it speaks to you, if it truly is your calling, like go for it, no matter what, like that's going to be completely out there. It's going to be new. It's not going to be something that you've seen before. And if a new person comes in there and they don't like it, then it's, you know, it's free for them to go and, um, change it around, but at least ultimately you've, um, put your mark within, um, the society. So, so one of the ways that my mind thinks about this is that, okay, so if I make it unique to me, then the chances that are going to be timeless are not likely. So for example, like, and this is not me, I'm just making up a hypothetical situation, but let's say I'm a hunter and I want deer heads on the wall, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's going to appeal to a very small group of people. I mean, the people it appeals to are going to love it, but everybody else is going to be like, what? Um, so, so what are, what are the elements of design that are, because timeless is kind of like, it appeals to a broad uh, element of people over a, of a huge time period. Right. So what that, that to me would almost signal the opposite of uniqueness. Is that a fair assessment? It is, it is. Um, and I also see timeless as like being totally functional within a space. Um, how many um, individuals can you really incorporate within the space, whether it's a large group? So think about your, um, your clientele, like who's coming in there, um, not just short term, but long term. How are you, is your business growing? How is your business going to grow from like day one to like day 20? So maybe um, you create separate areas um, so different age groups of people can really be comfortable in there and enjoy the space as much as uh, maybe like a younger generation or the older generation. So um, I see that as a huge asset for a design being timeless. Um, and then, of course, you know, I get back to the topic of um, being creative, being unique. Um, but also picking some of the materials that um, are within the trends of the company or trends of what's going on uh, within the market. Um, but, you know, putting your flares of design in there just to make sure it is, it is your space. So let's maybe, I'm going to ask some questions like, all right, so if you have like grays right now have been in for a long time and, and there's a lot of talk that maybe grays are out, right? It was beiges for a long time. Like I lived in like three beige houses in a row and I was like, no more. Now it's almost like we're at the end of the gray trend. Is gray and beige timeless? Like what, like if we looked at colors in commercial residential spaces, what colors are timeless and what colors are trending? 
well, white, always classic white um, is always trending. Um, and then neutrals, you can't ever go wrong with neutrals, of course. Uh, but I like to say keep everything a little bit more muted, even if there's a pop of color in there, maybe bring like a muted side and a version of it that plays well with the rest of the neutrals. Um, so, you know, you can't really go wrong with grays. Every, every um, tint and hue of gray um, is always out there and it's, it's a big yes for me. I have a lot of grays personally in a lot of the designs that I incorporate because um, it's, it's such a neutral color that everyone finds it very pleasing. But um, I do enjoy putting my pops of color in there. Um, so maybe like a little bit of blue or a little bit of yellow that works well. So think about your cool colors and um, the warm colors as well and how they play well together. Yeah. So another element of design is how the space is used. And I think that's something that you really like thinking about. We've gone from, you know, decades ago, very compartmentalized homes to very open homes. Do you think that that is like the wave of the permanent future? Or do you think we're passing in a moment of time that we're going to go back to homes being broken out a little bit more? I think open floor plans are here to stay, whether it's um, within a business setting, you know, talk about workplace design um, or, um, you know, whether it's residential. Um, I think it just, um, it just incorporates a lot of activity, a lot of function um, within a space. Um, you're capable of dividing up the space into whatever needs uh, that are catered towards your family, your business. Um, I, I specialize in workplace design. I've done that previously. So we're always debating between taller panels or um, touchdown stations or should we bring the panels down? How is no noise incorporated within the space? And yes, that, that's always a hot topic and that's always gonna be an issue within an open floor plan. Um, but there, you know, technology is great. There's so many products out there for noise barrier, noise um, absorption that you can take a look at um, even within your own space. Um, for example, my husband and I live in an open floor plan and um, in our house. And we specifically went through um, miles, I'd say like um, numerous houses just looking for an open floor plan because I have a large family and I wanna incorporate that and we enjoy cooking. So now I can, I can get like 20, 30 people in my house and I don't have to worry about, oh, what room should I put them in? Oh, is this space big enough? And just the volume of the space just kind of speaks for itself. It's like everyone that walks in there like, wow, this, this looks amazing. You've got tall ceilings. I've got an open floor plan. So it caters to all kinds of activities. Like I would have my niece and nephew playing games in the corner of a room or my parents watching TV or someone else is like um, cooking in the kitchen. So I do believe in open floor plan and the same for businesses as well. It's just like, you have touchdown spaces and um, you can always look into um, uh, acoustical panels once again. And you can also look into, um, you know, like uh, dirt panels, like temporary panels 
um, where you can create these uh, conference rooms and you don't have to build them from scratch with walls. There are so many options out there, even within the commercial sector too. Yeah. Well, I like your perspective on it. Essentially like, hey, it's probably more cost-effective and reasonable to build a open box and then just use other less expensive things, portable things to divide the space than it is to actually, you know, uh, build the extra walls in and, and whatnot. So as like one of the things that gets my mind going is we're in a place where like things like co-living are starting to become more likely as houses, housing becomes way more expensive as inflation runs wild people are being able to afford less and less. Like I had this um, conversation with a friend of mine the other day and we looked at his parents' house and what they paid for it. And then we brought it into modern day and what it costs today. And then we look at how the incomes change. And we said, is it more expensive to buy that house today or back then adjust it? It's way more expensive. It's like two and a half times more expensive uh, to live in that house today. So as things become more expensive, like how do you think that will impact design as maybe people Maybe they can't live on their own anymore, like, you know, as people start sharing. Yeah, um, very good question. Um, I'm kind of go going through that same scenario with my parents. Um, they're in a situation right now where they want to move to the city that we live in, and um, they are looking to build a brand new house. And I would almost think the opposite at that, that age group. Um, you know, my husband and I talked about it and we're like, when we get to that age, we're going to downsize. We were going to go buy a loft overlooking skylines somewhere. We're going to, you know, just, just live minimalistic. Um, but you're absolutely right. Like co-working is happening and co-spacing is happening everywhere as well. Um, and it, it's, prices are getting ridiculously expensive. So um, I say, think about what your needs are for your immediate future. Um, so if you're thinking like you're going to have to live with your parents, then you're going to have to look into separate rooms, uh, make sure that you have your own private space as well. I am a very good example of that. I have my current in-laws living with me at the moment and my parents are here to visit as well. So I literally have two sets of parents in my house along with me and my husband and my dog. Um, and we somehow made it work. I have an open office, but I had to move upstairs. And that's where the flexibility of an open floor plan comes in as well, because this is the perfect time for you to take those little niche um, spaces and maybe convert that into an extra room. Um, or um, find a, a dedicated space that you can just call, okay, this, this is where I'm segmenting myself. This is for the parents. This is for you. This is where I'm going to work. Um, and I talk, I bring it back all to residential design as well, but this can clearly be done and um, in commercial spaces and businesses as well. Yeah. Let's talk about the financial implications of this. Like, Obviously, I think in residential, it's a little easier to see, okay, if you have a great open floor plan, more people want it, they pay more money for it. But you serve, you know, businesses, like you serve real estate offices and these other types of businesses. How much does functional design do financially for a business? Um, I mean, I, I talked to you a little bit about this, but, um, you know, I think it's all about attracting the right crowd. So if you put a good design out there, 
um, for your business and you invest yourself in that and you invest that time, um, you don't have to worry about attracting um, clients or attracting the the types of people that you want in there. Um, I mean, think about all of the Instagrammable places like the Airbnbs that are themed a, a certain way or like um, the up and coming restaurant down the street from you. I say from the get go, like invest, invest in good design because it, it is your signature. It is what's going to make or break your business. Um, if you have a poorly lit space, if you don't have a functional space, you're going to see that long-term that it's not catering to you. It's not catering to your business. Um, so I, I highly recommend it <laughs> and, uh, you'll just see like the domino effect that it creates for your business. What is, cause oftentimes you're talking about small businesses, they're getting off the ground. They're, they're in that like work hard fight stage. Money's important. How should they think about it? Like, you know, should they do it at all cost? Is like, how, how do they think about the spend versus the reward? Is, is it like if it's less than five or 10K, just do it? How do they balance those thoughts? Yeah, um, I would say um, take it one, one step at a time, break it down into phases if needed. See how your business is doing the first three, six months. And if it's booming, Let's, let's uh, expand. Let's see how else we can bring a, more, a lot more functionality within the space. Uh, maybe you realize that you're only catering to 200 people at your, you know, for example, restaurant, and it ended up being a lot more than you had decided. That's where furniture needs to change. That's where functional needs need to change. You maybe don't have a functional kitchen that's... Um, having all of your staff be in there to cater to all of these other needs. So let's look at that again. Um, so maybe start with like your basic design on what functional needs you need to cater to at the very beginning and then go from there. And that way you'll have enough finances saved up at that point as well, hopefully. Yeah. And so this, what you do is kind of uh, at the intersection between like, so like there's architects that are like designing, you know, spaces, but they're more maybe focused on, you know, getting permits and making sure code, like how, how do you interact uh, or how do people think about you in relationship to architects? Um, so I kind of come in when permitting and um, almost like the end of the project is complete if it's a new construction. Mm -hmm. um, well, I'm not going to say it at the end of the project because there there's a lot that happens prior to that as well. Um, but you know, if there's a remodel that needs to happen, um, I, I can work with an architect. I can work with your architect or contractors to make sure, you know, all of those load bearing walls are there in space, or if we need to add a few more walls, um, for the space planning needs, um, because, um, I, I don't do the permitting process. Um, that is, for a licensed architect. So I work collaboratively with them to make sure um, those are in there, whether it's like customizable pieces that needs to be um, thought about, um, electrical plumbing needs. So there are a lot of things behind the scenes that need to happen prior to me coming into the picture as well, um, fully taken over. But if it's a small scale cafe or a salon and um, everything stays the same. That's where I come in and 
I, I can start from scratch and um, make sure that um, it, it has all the products and the materials that it needs to, to function as a business. Um, and if we need to knock down some walls, um, if it's already in existing space, let's look at that and see what's feasible um, long-term. And if the city needs to get involved, so that's definitely a conversation that needs to have happen with um, multiple expert level people as well. Awesome. What is the, the craziest thing that you've seen so far, either designs that were there when you got there or designs that you've been asked to, to uh, create? Um, I think I get a little cringy when I, um, go into spaces that could use my help, <laughs> could use a design perspective. Um, and th there's so much more potential for the business to grow, but they're just not seeing it. Um, or maybe they're not even introduced to, uh, something such as interior design. Um, I would probably say, you know, like I love going to um, resorts and I'm just in awe of the, the massive spaces that can be created within one area. Um, you know, it's just catering to so many different needs of people and being exquisite in taste and following through with the theme and um, the concept behind the resort and sticking to that. Um, I, I love, I love so many different, Mexico specifically, you know, like I love the resorts and the hospitality design that are out there. That's just, that's just amazing. And I'd love to be able to do something like that. At least, of course, that's a dream of mine. Yeah. Well, maybe you'll do it as a real estate investor by, uh, you know, we were down in Mexico earlier this year and there were like these abandoned uh, hotels um, you know, not terribly far from, um, Cancun. Like we stayed in one of these resorts and we we're like, Hey, let's just go for a walk off the resort. And you start seeing, and then all of a sudden it's like, wow, that's an abandoned hotel. Oh, that's an abandoned hotel. So maybe one day you can, you could buy one and put your, uh, style on it, put your stamp on it. I would love that. I would absolutely love that. <laughs> what is the vision for you? The next 12 to 18 months look like? So this year I'm focusing on getting my name out there locally um, within Austin, Texas. Um, I would like to, I, I've been doing a lot of networking. Um, I am trying to get into uh, local magazines out there to get my name out, my business out there. Um, I would love to uh, make connections with um, local businesses, you know, the mom and pop stores, um, and any investors that are investing in, um, small scale, um, short-term rentals or Airbnbs. Um, uh, I also do a little bit of residential. So if you have a new house that you're looking into that needs a remodel, or, um, you know, you have an older house that needs a remodel, a whole house remodel. Um, I'd love to be your designer, um, that you, that, that I can, hopefully I can work with you on that. Um, my vision for my company, at least long-term is I am a huge, huge believer in supporting women. And you can see that from my website as well. I have a lot of entrepreneur women that I've hired and on an as needed basis, I would love to grow my company and support these women out there, small scale businesses, um, you know, individuals 
who are so multi-talented that they, they just don't have, don't know where to start. They don't have an avenue to, to showcase their talents. Um, and that's, that's where I am passionate about and I would love to help them. So I, as a business owner, and I'm helping another business owner to create a successful business long-term as well. Love it. Ramya, thank you so much for sharing about your life, your home, your family, your business. Um, for those of you out there listening, write down something you learned from today. Share it with somebody you know so they can hold you accountable. This freedom's acquired one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode.